Welcome to the Stonebridge Church Sermon of the Week. My name's Kenny Grant. I'm excited to be here this morning. Very excited. We had a great time at Man Camp 23. We were here last year. And we had a great time for you guys in this room who are not a part of Mancap. You're not coming. You ought to come. And for the ladies who are here, we just tell you we did the best we could with what y'all sent us. All right? <laughs> no miracles were done, but we did our best. I'm excited because what we're talking about this morning, I believe, is for every single one of us. Right, the Word of God. I say to the people that I most often preach to that the Bible is not just what God has said. It's what God is saying. Right, this is a living Word. God is still talking. He's talking to us on a brisk morning in March right here in this place, and it's exciting. I want you to take your Bible and be finding Matthew chapter number 25. And this Matthew chapter number 25 is Jesus is is giving what we might call the Olivet Discourse. He's on the Mount of Olives. He's asked by his, some of his uh, disciples about the end of time, how it would be, and, and all of these things. And Jesus teaches them many things, but he began to teach through parables, you know, these little homespun stories that Jesus would teach, use to teach and illustrate home-spun, earthly stories with heavenly meaning, these stories. And Jesus is teaching these stories. And they are all meant to engage our minds and to touch our hearts and to enact our wills. He's speaking to every part of us in these stories. And in chapter 25, he is already, in verses 1 down to verse number 13, he's already given a parable about the, the, the ten virgins, and remember in that story, there were five who were wise and five who were foolish. It is a, a parable that talks about, watch this now, waiting and watching. There is an aspect of the Christian life that involves waiting and watching. We are, in fact, waiting. We are people in waiting. We are awaiting the Lord's return. We just sing about that. He says, I'm, I'm gone. I'm going to prepare a place. I'm going to come back. And we are awaiting his arrival. But this is not just about waiting. This is about watching. So there is a waiting aspect, but then there is a watching aspect. The idea is that I am to be, you are to be prepared when the Lord comes back. In these first 13 verses, he's talking about these these, these virgins, and, and five were wise and five were foolish. Why were they wise and why were they foolish? The wise were wise because they were prepared, and the foolish were foolish because they were unprepared. This is a parable, by and large, about preparation, watching and waiting, being prepared. Well, where we begin to read this morning here, beginning at verse number 14, I want you to read with me now or follow me as I read, and we're going to begin at verse 14 and read down to verse number 30, all right? For it will be like, and he's talking about the kingdom of God now. It's not talking about when we die in the sky by and by. He's talking about really here and now in the kingdom of God, how God operates, where God operates, right? And you and I, while we are here, we need to understand that. There are four 
kinds of people in the world, right? They're vagabonds, they're, they're strangers, they're pilgrims, and they are citizens. And the Bible talks about these. Now watch, a vagabond is a person, is a wanderer, doesn't have a home, right? A stranger is a person who is away from home. A pilgrim is a person on their way home. Citizen is a person who is home. Well, we're not home yet. The Bible says we are pilgrims and strangers in this world. We are away from home, going home, and heaven is our home. But while we're here, the kingdom of earth, the kingdom of heaven is to be operating among his people. This is where the will of God is being done. So he says it will be like a man going on a, on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. To each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and made five talents more. So also he, had, he who had received the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents here. Here I have uh, made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little, I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had received the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not, uh, or where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in that place where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is a, this is a, this is tough, 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 tough. It's a very hard things to get our minds around, particularly at the end of this parable. I'm not going to talk about all that. I'm going to leave that hard stuff to David. David is prepared to do this, I think, here next week. No, I'm just joking. 
But I do want to talk out of this passage. I think you can gather from what I read. This passage today is about stewardship. Now, most often when we think about stewardship, we think about money, right? I can almost, right, we kind of get a little seized up because we feel like it's going to be about money. And stewardship, to be sure, is about money. It is. But it is not just about money. It's about everything. Everything is a stewardship. Everything. Now, what is stewardship? Stewardship is simply, are y'all out here this morning? All right. Stewardship is simply the management of what belongs to someone else. Stewardship in my life is the management, the wise management of what belongs to God. It is about everything. It might be good for us to get a grip on this. Listen, it's different from ownership. Hey, we own nothing. Nothing. The breath you just breathed wasn't yours. It was a God-given breath. You possessed it. We own nothing, but we are stewards of everything that God has given to us to possess, not to own, but to manage for his honor and for his glory. Life is about stewardship. Stewardship is about everything. We own nothing. We are stewards of everything, right? We're caught up? So like, that's hard, but, but, but listen, that's what lordship means. I was bought with the price. I don't belong to myself. I belong to him. Therefore, everything I have is his. You know, the greatest battles I've fought in my life have not been between me and the devil, been between me and God, because God desires, deserves, and demands everything he bought and paid for at Calvary. And we want to hold it back from him. Listen, my life, your life, is a stewardship. And so here, this is not just about preparation, watching and waiting. This is about occupation. This is, this, is, this is watching and working. We're not just gazing at the sky. We are expecting that the Lord would come and we are to be faithful with what has been given to us in the meantime. It's about it's about fruit bearing in the meantime. I said to the first service, God never told us, God never expected us to manufacture results. He expects for us to be fruitful. That is, he lives his life through you and through me and we are stewards of all that is his and he is glorified by that. Now, just show you, I want to use four words this morning in the short time I have. I want to have a short time. Uh, and uh, so here, 
it takes, it takes, it takes me about 15 minutes to clear my throat. I'm going to do my best here. So there are four words I, I, want, I pray God lays upon your heart, that might lay upon your heart this morning as we talk about this and take big steps across the passage, okay? The first word is the word ability. Say that back to me. The first word is what? Ability. Now, notice in the story, there is a, there is a, a master and there are servants and, and the servants are given talents. Now notice, the master in the story owns everything. He owns the servants, and he owns the goods that he gives to the servants. Everything is his, right? And the Bible says he gives to them according to their ability. So he, there's a five guy, there's a two guy, and there's a one guy. And right there already, that kind of, a, that's like a, like a shoe that's a half size too small. You know, we don't like that. In our good old American way of thinking, everything ought to be just so. Even Stephen. Right? We have a keen awareness of who, who's being treated better than we are and who has more and wait a minute now, why they, how about your children? You give a bigger piece of pie to one kid, the other kid will call defects on you. <laughs> Department of Family and Children's Services, I'm being mistreated over here. <laughs> they have this keen sense of that ain't fair when our kids coming up. Why does she get to come in at 11 and I have to come in by 9? Here's what you can tell your kids. Here's why. Because we love her more. <laughs> nah, just kidding. So, so watch. The first thing is ability. Notice he, he divided according to their several abilities. Here's the first thing. I want this to be laid upon our hearts. We have to get a grip on this. Everybody doesn't have the same ability. We love to say we're created equal. I know what we mean when we say that. We may be loved equally, but we're not created equally. God, ultimately, it is God in heaven who sorts out and who... Have you ever thought about how very little of your life didn't come from a decision you made? I had nothing whatever to do. I'm five foot six. Michael Jordan was six foot six. I missed it by that much. <laughs> we got the same haircut, but that's it. <laughs> but nobody, nobody taught Michael Jordan how to be six foot six. Nobody taught that. That was God given. I'm, I'm, I'm five foot six. I, I didn't, hey. I didn't decide to be the fifth child of six children, born a black dude in Brunswick, Georgia. Why wasn't I a white dude in Marietta? Why wasn't I born in Thailand? I just came from Thailand. Why, why wasn't I born in Bangkok? Why wasn't I born in Nicaragua, some of the places I go? Why? I mean, I'm born in America. 
and I'm born there. And so very little, so, so very little of my life is, is decisions. Now, now, decisions, little or small, are big like hinges on a door because little things swing big things. But so much has just been sovereignly given. And, and there are varying abilities in this place this morning. And so, for instance, let's think about physical ability. Some people have been, you're big and you're strong and you're healthy and you haven't been sick a day in your life in 50 years. And yet there are people in here who have been sick every day for 50 years. So, so there, there are physical abilities in this room and mental abilities. Everybody is not as smart as other people and can pick up things as quick and conceptualize and do some of these things. Some of you all are like that. You have this, right? This social ability. Some people are very gregarious, come through that door, and they're cut through this room like a hot knife through butter. They don't meet anybody that they can't talk to. Boy, they're boom, 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 boom. And other people, you know, don't want to talk at all. If they could stand in that corner the whole time, be great. This would be great. Hey, hey, some folk have this great financial ability. Maybe you're born, your family's well healed, and you've You've had a lot, and you've, maybe you've made a lot in life, and you have what other people don't have. All I'm saying is, listen, life, everybody doesn't have the same thing. We're not equal. Have you lived long enough to know it ain't ever going to be? It ain't ever going to be. Bad English, but good preaching. It ain't ever going to be. <laughs> Never. It's an, it's, it's, so, now watch. In the story, this guy got five, one guy got two, one guy got one. According to ability, according, they were sorted out, sovereignly sorted out. And I would just say to you that we ought to get a grip on this whole idea. Okay? And so, right now, somebody said, well, now, that raises interesting questions. Am I five? <laughs> am I two? Or am I one? Here's the answer to that question. Yes. <laughs> Think about it. Everybody in this room is a five in something that somebody else is a two in. Everybody in this room is a two in something that everybody else is a five in or one in. And everybody in this room is a one in something other people or fives and twos in. Just how it is. Have you ever thought about opportunity as a stewardship? Have you ever sat in that that everybody doesn't have the same opportunities that you have? I mean, has that ever gripped you? You say, well, yeah, I work like a dog. I did that. We talk about working like a dog. You ever seen a working dog? I have never seen a working dog. My dog lays around the house <laughs> while everybody else goes to work. But anyway, we said, I work like a dog for this. Hey, have you ever thought about the opportunities you've had that maybe other people hadn't had? Opportunities of stewardship. 
You, you, you ought to take a missions trip sometime and go see people with so very little opportunity that you and I have. It's a stewardship. Time is a stewardship. We all get 168 hours a week, but some of us don't have to go hit it for 50 hours a week. Some of us, hey, listen, I'm just saying we're all different abilities, and because of that, there ought to be no complaining, no comparing, and no competing. No complaining. I'm who I am. I mean, I'm not like David's good, David's smart, but I'm good looking. He obviously didn't get it all, right? <laughs> but just think in terms, hey, no, no complaining, no, no comparing. There's a good day, a good day in my life when, it, when I realized, man, God's not trying to make me better than you or you better than me. God is wanting me to be better than me. And he wants you to be better than you. So, abilities. What's our first word? All right, I got to go. The second thing is, watch this now, not just ability, but the second thing is this, possibility. What's our second word? First word is ability, second word is possibility. Because, because, watch this, here's what I want you to think about. One gets, gets five and something, and two and something, and one and something, and while the abilities so much is sovereignly given, God gives the ability. Can I tell you this? God, and only God, really knows the possibility. God knows what he can do with a, a sold-out five. Sold out. God in heaven knows what he might do with a sold out too. And God knows what might happen in the life of a sold out one. In whatever it is. He knows the possibilities. And the possibilities are endless. You can't just look at a... You can't say, well, a guy who's five, six will never be an NBA star. Spud Webb was. He was a slam dunk champion. Five, six, there's hope. <laughs> like, keep hope alive, there's hope. But what I'm saying, hey, Fanny Crosby, those of us who grew up in church in the red song books where we sing in the hymnals. Now, boys and girls, those of y'all don't know what a hymnal is. It's a book that has songs in it. Okay. Songs didn't always just magically pop up on the screen. We had to hunt them down in a book. It's called a hymnal. Man, the hymnal was full of Fanny Crosby songs. I wish I had a list of them on there, but You'd say, oh, I know that song. I know that song. We just sing that song. She was prolific, and yet she was four foot 11, been blind all of her life, was blinded when she was six years old, and she had so very little, so very little, and yet there is probably a Fanny Crosby song being sang somewhere 
on the globe right now by the people of God. She, she, she made a difference in the church. Bix, Bix, the church. You couldn't just look at Fanny and say, oh, look, she's a little baby, blinded and, and living in some poverty. You couldn't look at that because what God can do, or D.L. Moody, not educated, and yet God used him to grip two continents. D.L. Moody, his, his, his English was atrocious. They said that he could turn the word Mesopotamia into one syllable. And there, there is no explanation for a D.L. Moody but God. That's right. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Billy Graham. Have y'all noticed that? <laughs> I'm Kenny Graham, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna be God's by God's grace. I want to be who I am, and then let God show me what the possibilities might be in my life. And if I could give you sort of a, a, working, a working definition of what success is in real time, it is doing the best you can with what you have where you are right now with the right motive and the right attitude. That's fruitful, fruit-bearing, living through my life, I want to be the best I can with what I have, where I am. I might say right now, not one of these days in the sweet by and by, but right now with the right motive and the right attitude. Y'all out there? What's our first word? What's our second word? Here's the third word. You find it in this, not the word, but the, but the principle. The third word is responsibility responsibility. They were sorted out. And let me just tell you this, that because everybody, the five guy, the two guy, and the one guy, because everybody got something to manage, there carries with that a responsibility. You know what? Privilege and responsibility are Siamese twins. They travel together. They're, they're two sides of the same coin. Wherever you have privilege in life, Commensurate to privilege is always responsibility. The privilege of being a husband carries with it the responsibility of being a husband. The privilege of parenthood carries with it the responsibility of being a parenthood. The privilege of citizenship carries with it the, the privilege of talent and skill and ability carries with it the responsibility of those things. They always travel together. So you think about what you've been given, not to own, you own nothing, but to manage. What a responsibility it is to take whatever that is. Do you have a sharp, great mental acuity? Do you have a great verbal ability? Are you socially agile? Can, do you, are you financially fit? The, 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 the privilege of being born in a, in a place where you can make it from here? No matter where you're born, hey, 
privilege. Have you seen these things as privilege? Do you understand them as responsibilities? See? And, and we need, so, so here's, here's the thing. Every one of us needs to recognize what we have, utilize what we have, and maximize what we have. Recognize it. For instance, you may not have thought of your, your, your opportunity as a stewardship. You have so many things, baby. My children and grandchildren as a stewardship. My citizenship as a stewardship. My time as a stewardship. Everything. So, so our first word is what? Second word. Third word. Here's the last word. Accountability. You notice in the story, the master did come back. And he, and he was reconciling the books. He was doing the, he was doing the book work. And, and everybody, everybody came in and gave a report. The five guy, the two guy, the one guy. And by the way, we don't know whether the one guy knew the other guy had five or this guy knew the other guy had two or had one. That is not important in the story. What, did I been, what, what have I been given as compared to somebody else? Jesus shows us in how the story lands. That's specifically not a part of the story. That should be no interest in my mind about what he did or she did, what they have that I didn't get, right? It's all about the five guys standing before the Lord, his master, the two guys standing before his, not in comparison to what, have you ever noticed when the guy comes back with the five, he says, well done, good and faithful servant, you've been faithful over little, I'm going to make you rule over much. The guy who came back with two, he didn't say, well, that's pretty good. But here, here's a guy who got, he has 10, and, 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 and you come back with four. No, no, no. He said the same exact word to the t four guy as he said to the 10 guy. Because the Lord knows what everybody starts with. He knows where you've been. He knows what you've done, and he knows it all. And so here's the one guy comes in. And he feels like basically he can do less because he's been given less. But God holds him to the same standard. And you know what that standard is? Faithfulness with what you do have. Five, two, one. Being faithful. Doing the best you can with what you have, where you are right now, right motive, right attitude. One of the great tragedies in life is not having less than somebody else has. The great tragedy in life is when I don't leverage what I do have for God's glory. That's the story. Life is about stewardship. Stewardship is about everything. Everything belongs to God, and he's made me a steward, a manager of his resources, and the same with you. And so there are questions, no doubt, in our hearts and our minds that have to be answered, that scream to be answered. 
That is, how am I as a steward? I own nothing. How am I managing what God has given me for his glory? Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. <clears throat> With our heads bowed and eyes closed it, and our hearts bowed more than that before the Lord. I'm, I'm curious, what has the Lord said to you in this this morning about ability, about possibility, about responsibility? What is the Lord saying to you about accountability today that one day we will stand before the Lord and we will give an account, not for what people in Iran have done, Not how we did as compared to those in Russia. But what have we done with what we have been given where we are right now? And so maybe as the team comes to lead us, I would just say to you, if if there is something in your heart and your life that maybe you need to come and lay before the Lord or talk with someone on the ministry team, whatever that thing is to do, here's what I often say to people, I, I pastor, do today what you will be forever glad you did. So, Father, we're thankful for this opportunity, the privilege of singing these songs that stir our hearts, the privilege of joining fellowship with one another over this weekend and today, and then the great privilege, God, of this moment. It is a stewardship. This very moment right now is a stewardship. Help us not to mismanage it. Help us to do what you are telling us to do in this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to the Stonebridge Church Sermon of the Week. 